0: I uh, I can't remember if I told, we're on page uh, 131, I can't remember if I told the uh, um, story last year, but um, there was, God was doing some very special things guiding us uh, there in Bombay as we were endeavoring to follow him in a disciple-making church planting uh, movement, and the... Um, We had come to the 11 days in, we'd seen God lead us step by step, so many things we were rejoicing in, and now we wanted to place this infant church in the hands of these new believers. And exactly how to do that, we'd never done that before, Um, and we were seeking the Lord's leadership in it, and we put some of these things down together in 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 a written form that we were going to leave there as their guide. Obviously, it's things we'd already been experiencing when it comes to talking about how discovery, Bible studies, small groups work, and so forth. So we were, uh, they had tasted, we had trained in that way. And uh, so I sat down with a couple of people before a Saturday evening meeting in which I was going to kind of uh, give that, ki- that instruction, that, that layout. And there were a couple there early, and I began to talk to them about what we had in mind. One man's name was Patrick, another uh, Lady Krista. I began to talk, and it was like their eyes glossed over They were looking and thinking beyond me, and everything I was excited about was just absolutely dying. And so I began to ask him a little bit, question, um, "What do you think?" And you know, what are you thinking? And Patrick says to me, he says, "He says, I am a man of Bombay, and I know the people of Bombay, and which was correct." He says. The Bombay people have to have someone other than themselves to lead them. He says, the moment you walk over that river and you go back away, he says, everything that has happened will die. And I could see it was a big crisis. And what I realized was, up until this point, as we were making disciples and planning this church, the faith that was required was our faith. And boy, was it tested. And now I realize I was placing something in their hands that was going to require their faith. And I realized for a moment, or at least at this moment, they're not ready for this. And so I, I stepped back, our conversation was over, and we were going to meet later on, you know, and I tried to find Pastor Felix, my national preacher, and he was not feeling well, actually, and he was nowhere to be seen. And so I looked to the Lord, and as the people gathered, God directed us uh, to his word, which he does amazing ways out there. And we went to John 14. That evening we preached to maybe 50 people about how that God says, don't let your heart be troubled for two reasons. One, I have made a place for you in heaven. And I told that group, I said, no matter what happens in the future here in Bombay, we know what's gonna happen in the future in your life. You're on your way to heaven. These days have changed everything. You are eternally secure. And they just rejoiced in the reality of their salvation. Then secondly, I said, you can be comforted because God has not left you comfortless. He's sending you his Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you. And we had trained the people, whatever God's word says, obey it. And I watched a miracle in front of my eyes. As the, as the, you know, the disconcerted looks turned to joy. And at the end of it, this man who said, this will never work, said, hey, I'm going down to the south of the country. And I can do this where I'm going. And people had such joy and one lady, the lady was there, she came with me later that evening and, you know, flashlight dark and so forth, and her face is just smiling. She says, I can't, I am so excited about what God has done. They said, a few weeks later, they said, We were a little concerned because after you left, we thought the church would die. And he says, Actually, a month later, we had more than when you left, and we knew this was going to work. And the Holy Spirit was leading them. And that is, you know, we're, we're talking about some methodology here. But folks, without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. And that church, as we tried to lay before them some principles of relating around God's word and obeying God's word and so forth, the thing that changed everything was their dependence on the living ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we have to keep in mind. And uh, Pastor Felix, as he was with me in those days, he, um, he, uh, he, uh, he said, you know, prior to what I was doing there in... Uh, and some of the lessons we learned, he says, I, my plan was to plant a church and pastor it until I had another man who was gonna pass that church. Now so I go and plant another church and pastor it until another man come along and he said, I had one going and I had two others kind of going and those weren't doing so well. He says, after we learned some lessons here in this matter, he says, God's changed everything. Now, one year later, instead of three churches, there's 18 churches. And instead of 18 churches at the end of the uh, year, by, the, by God's grace, his plan is to have 40 and 50 churches. And so his faith is strong, his vision has changed, but some of these principles have transformed what God is doing there in that region of Aquaea, and it all hinges upon uh, what God wants to do in the lives of new believers, in multiplying disciples, and planting and reproducing churches. So that's what we're talking about here. Now, there's several dynamics here that we're looking at. Um, here, uh, this, uh, in regard to effective disciple-making, and you have them listed there on the top of page 131, Um, and that is, and we're going to just kind of break this down here for a few, uh, for a couple hours here this morning. Uh, The first is reproducible proclamation of the gospel. Secondly, reproducible pattern of Bible study. Third, reproducible pathway of training lessons. And fourth, reproducible presence of Christ in small group relationships with the expectation that new believers will be immediately equipped to witness, baptize, and train others, which is the Great Commission. And so the first dynamic here that we're looking at is this dynamic of a reproducible proclamation of the gospel now in Luke we find God telling Jesus telling his disciples he's sending them out and he says as you go out house to house first say peace be to this house in other words uh, really a friendly greeting we're coming here bringing to you a blessing and if the son of peace be there your peace shall rest upon it Um, If not, it shall turn to you again. Now, a son of peace is simply a person of peace. In other words, like Barnabas was a son of encouragement, Barnabas was characterized by an encouragement. Well, this person of peace is a son of peace, someone who's characterized by a peace or a welcoming response to you. So this is not an antagonistic response. This is a welcome response. It doesn't mean that they receive your message in its entirety and are, are saved, but they're open come tell me more you are welcome here and he says if you have that opportunity stay involved in that life in that same house remain eating and drinking such as they give and go not from house to house so in that sense stay involved in this life because this person is going to be the entrance into this community so a person of peace we've all heard the principle of the white harvest right and and that's transforming when you take into your soul, God has a prepared harvest, amen? I don't have to go out and make a prepared harvest. I don't have to go and make people ready. God's telling me there are people ready, and if I engage them, they're going to receive the message. Isn't that exciting? It transforms. In fact, God wants us to believe that way, and what? that would change a lot of things. But what we're finding here in this passage is one step beyond the prepared individual to a person who is a prepared network to many individuals. You see the difference? What God is saying, there's a person of peace prepared that as you go, what they're going to do is they're not just going to receive you personally, they're going to welcome you into their circle of influence. So instead of a vision of a ready individual, we're looking at a ready multiplying of individuals in the harvest. Do you see that? And so I believe we can connect with this vision. We're looking at God to connect us to people who themselves are ready to connect to others and they become a channel of evangelism to family, friends, and neighbors. So when we're talking about this vision of multiplying disciples, we're we're cooperating with God, there on the top of page 132, in the white harvest by expecting multiplication and training for it. You understand that? We're cooperating with the way God works in the white harvest. So often, we are actually hindering God because all we're looking for is that individual when God's looking for that household. And don't we see that in the scripture? Don't we see that in the scripture where God reaches entire households? We don't have to look far to see how God did that. Um, And so, that is the first principle. The first principle of a reproducible proclamation of the gospel is the expectation that there are people ready to, to reproduce, to multiply. Brother Tom is gonna to talk uh, this evening, I believe, about a number of these kinds of persons that are, uh, have been proven to be there in the re- region of Aquiam. So first of all, secondly, an immediate witness by the new believer. How soon can a new believer speak about what Christ has done for him or her? How soon? Well, let me ask you this. How soon did you want to? Isn't that true? Isn't it true that the moment someone gets saved, they want to go tell someone? And haven't you seen that in your children when they got saved? I I look at my four-year-old, and she receives Christ as a Savior, and I don't have to go tell her to go tell mom. She runs to tell mom. She wants to go tell grandpa. She wants to get on the phone. In other words, there is something in the new believer that the Spirit does that says go tell so that's not, we're not making this up. We're not saying, okay, no, I want to really, I know you don't want to do this. No, we're actually cooperating with the Spirit of God who's saying, go do this. And so an immediate witness in a new believer is the way God works in the harvest field. We're cooperating with the Spirit of God. We're not making this up. Remember Paul? He was blind for three days. And what did he do? The moment he received his sight, verse 9, Twenty Acts 9, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he's the Son of God. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? The man who went to Damascus to persecute Christ believers is now preaching Christ three days later? How did that happen? It did. And Paul was an immediate witness. Uh, Cornelius there in Acts 10, here he is. He's not even saved yet and he's waiting for Peter to come, and he gathers his kinsmen and near friends. So there are people who aren't even saved yet who've already begun to prepare others to receive the gospel. They're sharing their burden. They're sharing their heart and their desire. I wish someone would come. We need something more. And they're ready to lead those that they talk with into the truth. Cornelius, then the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, in John 4, 39, Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. How long had that lady been saved? Just that day. And she goes into her city, and she says, look what this man did. He told me all that ever I did. And they believe for the saying of the woman. So it doesn't, a new believer can be an immediate witness. Um, some Some years ago, we thought about, you know, our netcasters training and all that we've done with that. And that was all, that was all fantastic. But as you kind of laid out our discipleship plan, it wasn't until someone had gone through about 10, 11, 12 lessons and then through Netcasters training that we actually told them go tell someone else. <laughs> and we said, whoops, we got this backwards. God's telling him to go from day one and we're telling them to go from you know, day six months out and, uh, and we're, we're missing it. And we'll cooperate with God if we tell them to go from day one. And actually, they'll probably grow better if I tell them from day one instead of kind of hold that in the background. Um, and so, the spirit inside a new believer leads them to tell what Christ has done, and He wants to use that believer in the realm of their household and circle of influence. So, a lesson that we have here is part of our, um, as part of our um, connection. It's in it's in lesson four of the connection book. Oh, by the way. Um, uh, Ushers come and help me with this. If you are a registrant, would you uh and did not get your uh pack of these three booklets, we're gonna look at them a little bit here. Um, would you just wave at our ushers here? We handed them out last uh night, uh yesterday afternoon, and so if you didn't get it here, you missed that. This is uh it's a free set for those who are full registrants, okay, for full registrants. If if you if you take a set right now and want to look it over, that's fine too. Um and then you can pay for it later if it's not, um, you know, if it's not part of your registration. So um, get these in, be seated next to someone who's got a set, and we'll look at those here. But lesson four um, <clears throat> of The Connection, in fact, uh, if you just want to pull that out, perhaps you can do that. Look at page 30 of, uh, of the red booklet, The Connection. Um, lesson four here is, is, is on telling your story, and on lesson 30, it answers the question, what do I say? My life before Jesus, how I, how I learned the Bible truth, my life since knowing Jesus, and literally the joy of having my sins forgiven and knowing I'm on my way to heaven is the transforming reality. And then practicing that, telling that story is part of this lesson. So we actually have them write out that, that, that story and then just telling their testimony and then practice it by speaking out, out loud. Again, there's that training uh, aspect of helping encouraging, here's what you're gonna say and just being very clear, what do I say? The third thing, the second part then of this lesson is to whom do I speak? And here this lesson, it just has them do a simple discovery Bible study on several passages. One's Noah. Um, Who did Noah save when he went into the ark, by the way? His family. Who was Lot supposed to give the message of being rescued out of the coming judgment to? His family. Who did Rahab save in Jericho? family who did the Philippian jailer get saved along with His family who did Cornelius influence to come to Christ so there's just a series of just simple uh discovery uh uh stories there in in, in the scripture so based on these above bible verses to whom should you tell your story family and and friends And, okay, so God's going to use you to reach your family. And then in this simple lesson, it leads them, just write down, just write down your family and your friends, those of you who know who God's Spirit would want, who would want you to tell your story to. And then it directly says, now ask the Spirit of God to guide you to five persons who you can talk to this week. Leads them to a dependence on the Holy Spirit. So, again, as what Pastor was saying, it's the reality of the Spirit in the life of a believer, not necessarily... Um, taught in a, uh, in a, you know, in line upon line at this point, it's assumed because they're experiencing his ministry, aren't they? Um, and they're, they're, they're putting their dependence on the Holy Spirit and teaching them to ask for his leadership in their life right from uh, day one in this way. And then the third a question in this, in this simple lesson here is, what if the persons I speak to are ready to hear more? Um, and that is where we, we, at, we actually have equipped them already with what we have led them to, but we can also go with them together to speak and give the gospel uh, uh, to these folks and, and do that study together and then lead them uh, to be ready to give it to others as well. Memorizing John 4, 39, which is uh, many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, and then... Returning again with joy in Luke ten. So, this is how we train, how we work with God in expecting a new believer to be an immediate witness, and training them in this way, equipping them for telling their story, um, and and leading them in that way. And of course, the next time we gather with them, we'll ask them, "How did that go? Who did you speak to?" We'll hold them accountable um, to that, uh, just um, as God's Spirit is leading them. So we have the. Um, uh, we have the, the person of peace, the immediate witness. And then thirdly, we have here, and this is we have the gospel bridge and gospel presentation. The gospel bridge and gospel presentation. And now, incorporated into our, our, our obedience pathway is a gospel presentation that as a church and as a ministry, we were very familiar with. And again, we're not trying to, you know, recreate everything and try to make everything just new as if new is uh, is going to be the point that's not the point so we just want to incorporate what we already knew and we use the netcasters gospel presentation and the how track is really a very easy uh, to use easy to train easy to share method of uh, of giving that gospel presentation Um, Dr. John Van Gelderen prepared this some several years ago in fact Uh, You can see there, there's actually a digital download of it available for free there at RevivalFocus.org, and uh, I have uh, on a plane recently, I I pulled up the track on my iPad and uh, just uh, gave the gospel to someone in that way, and so there's a digital version you'd be interested in, and then this presentation. Now, if you want to look just at, um, if you want to look here at... um, in the front of your connection booklet uh, there on page three is a gospel bridge to giving the gospel or getting to the gospel. Um, It's laid out there for you on page 133 of your notes. There, really identically teaching someone how to get to the gospel, which is, um, uh, which is, which is an important part of training here, the gospel bridge. Um, Here is, here is just a wonderful gospel bridge. Let me just review this with you. Okay, what do I say? Well, I get started. I can tell my story in the sense of, boy, God's done something wonderful in my life. Um, and here's what it is. Tell your story. He you changed me. Now, would you consider yourself a religious person? Well, many folks might be, and it could be a variety of religious backgrounds, Hindu, whatever it would be. Muslim is some work wonderful for someone background like that. Well, no matter your religious or spiritual background, would you agree with the following? Nearly all religions seem to be the same. The point of religion is to try to do good and be good enough to please God so that, you'll re- that God will receive us. Almost all religions are concerned with doing good things to offset our sins, but we never really get our sins paid off. We end up frustrated, uncertain. We try our best, but continue to fail in sin. Time and again, we simply prove we're all sinners, don't we? Our sin debt grows larger instead of smaller because we sin every day. Sinning is easy, but paying our sin debt seems much more difficult, doesn't it? yeah. Well, what are you doing to get your sins forgiven? There's a good question. You're going to get to know this person. They'll describe whatever, whatever background it might be. Are your sins paid off currently? What are they going to say? I don't think so. At what point are they going to be paid off? I really don't know. So when you stand before God on judgment day, will your sins be paid off? Do you know, the, you know why Hindus bathe in the Ganges River? You know why? To get their sins forgiven. It's it's headlines, Hindu Times. Everyone's gathering. The largest gathering, the largest gathering of the human mass that's ever occurred is the growing gatherings that are in part of the Hindu religion there in northern India. And you know why they're all gathering there? To have their sins forgiven. They're concerned about it. You know why a Muslim prays five times a day? To have his sins forgiven. Do you know why a Catholic goes to Mass? To have his sins forgiven. People are concerned about their sins being forgiven. They're burdened about it. Are their sins forgiven? When will it be? When you stand before God, will it be? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. God showed me how you can know. And it is a connection to the heart of nearly any religious background in the whole world. So these questions are startling yet they reveal our need. Our answers point out the natural uncertainty we all face because of the spiritual condition we're born. And thankfully, there's good news. God made a way for our sins to be forgiven. Now, just using this simple uh, how tract itself, the first panel there is the problem of sin. The second spread is the judgment. The third spread is Christ is the answer. And the fifth or sixth spread is faith is the way. It's all laid out in a interactive way. Um, question format as part of lesson one here in the connection where you could not using the how track you could just use the word of God the scriptures and a series of questions and actually go through that same truth and so it's reproducible it's laid out there in that fashion so a gospel bridge and a gospel presentation now um, look on page 134 as part of the connection as part of this obedience pathway here endeavoring to make a make a believer there are four further evangelistic discovery bible studies recognizing that not everyone's going to get saved the first time they hear the gospel is that true uh it is true someone i believe did a study that's found that the average person who gets saved has heard the gospel seven times someone had done some study along that line many of us were saved when we were young but even then we'd heard the gospel many times um people get saved the first hearing the gospel that's true but It's wonderful to have a reproducible plan that enables you to stay involved in a life, focus on the word of God when someone isn't saved yet. And so you can stay involved. And here you have New Testament stories, the lost and found son, prodigal son story, the thief on the cross, the man at midnight, Nicodemus, the thirsty woman, the woman at the well, all focused on Jesus Christ and the gospel. So you have that. Now, I wanna just draw your attention to another series of discovery Bible studies that are also part of what we have put into our obedience pathway. Now, uh, the, this series here has a series of New Testament Bible stories that I just shared with you. There is a series of Old Testament-based discovery Bible studies. They're at the back of the commission booklet. I'm not going to um, I'm not take time to fully describe them at that time, but they are especially effective with a non-Christian background or worldview. Have you run into someone like that recently? Uh, our, our, our society is you know is a blend now, of of the of Hindu background, Buddhist background, Muslim background, and we have a very effective evangelistic discovery Bible study series that's actually part in the back of this book. It actually uses the same bridge that we just mentioned, uh, uh, in with uh, the How track, and then leads to discovery Bible studies being the first and last sacrifice story: Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses. All focused on that sacrifice. In a certain sense, it's creation of Christ. Um, uh, a series of lessons, and that's also an an alternative evangelistic Bible study. I wanted to mention to you what we used in um, what we've used in Cameroon as a reproducible gospel presentation. Um, This was actually prepared by a missionary in Cambodia. Dr. Tom Johnson has used this. And uh, when I saw it, I said, well, this is going to to be very helpful. Um, It is, um, you can see obviously at the top, it has the illustrated truth. In the center of it has direct quotes from the word of God on the bottom. Familiar uh, drawings part of the Creation to Christ uh, series. Someone has said this is Creation to Christ in 45 minutes. Um, and it's very, God has really used it, I love to stand in front of this banner, we've got a banner version of it, Um, here, you you just help me, hold that just for a moment, Uh, we have a banner version of it, that we have gone from village to village, we just hold that up, and we just preach right uh, right in front of that, just had a wonderful few times up with this recently, and uh, God has definitely used that, Um, and uh, so it teaches with God's creation of everything, including the angelic realm, um, which is obviously key. Spiritual warfare, the break that occurred there when Satan rebelled—he brought that rebellion. Man became his own king. The break occurred. That separation between the friendship and fellowship with God. Then there's the death that occurs, and then of course the good news of Christ coming down with that restored relationship with man. There's what he was as he born in uh, born in a stable? had great power over storms, power over demons, power over death. This is all who Jesus is. He came to seek and to save the lost. Then he died on the cross. He entered into our break, our death, our separation, and he died the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. And there's the story of the cross. And then he rose again in a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And he is alive today offering every man a choice, whether you stay on the road as your own king on your way down to death and hell or whether you bow and allow Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and receive him into your life. And, and then it ends with the great commission. Go and tell someone else. And uh, so uh, there, there, is a, uh, there is that banner. We actually have that if someone's interested in that. Also a chart form, also a tract form. I just recently in Aqua stood in front of a group of folks and preached the gospel. Folks were saved. Then I turned around and I handed them all this very same gospel uh gospel presentation put it in their hands and said now you go tell someone else and we trained them right from day one in that setting okay let's go ahead and let's take our morning break at this time it's about 10 minutes after 10 and uh, so let's go ahead and take a break here and we'll continue uh just about 10 20 uh, or a minute or two afterwards